You're listening to a podcast from Burley Heads Church of Christ, from Burley Heads on the Gold Coast. Morning, everyone. Morning. How are we? I'm doing pretty good. I'm on the end of a week off, so that's always good. Um, Let's just pray before we get started, eh? Father, thank you for this time uh, that you bring a blessing to us today. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, we're continuing the, the, the mini-series that we've had. A mini-series we've been doing, and that's the, the book that the elders have been reading. Um, it's like a Netflix mini-series, except no cliffhangers and uh, maybe not quite as professional. And uh, I'd like to do a book today called Living in Christ's Presence, Final Words on Heaven and the Kingdom of God. Uh, it's written by a guy called Dallas Willard. Uh, Dallas Willard was, a, is, was an American pastor and, and author. And if, if you don't know, he was renowned for having devoted his life to living with God in his kingdom and helping others to do the same. In other words, discipling others. Uh, he was the author of a lot of books that had a tremendous influence on, on the Christian church, including The Divine Conspiracy, which won Christian Book of the Year, uh, and Spirit of the Disciplines. This particular book um, was, was developed from a conference in 2013, which was called Knowing Christ Today. Dallas uh, Willard and, and John Ortberg, who's another senior pastor and, uh, and author, were the, were the main speakers at that conference. Uh, this conference was like a finale for Dallas because he passed away uh, later that year. Um, so it was kind of a summing up of a life of many years of learning and experience with, with life with God uh, and with life uh, discipling others. The, the book is a transcript of the messages at the conference and also of question and answer sessions, slightly edited for, the, for a book form. Uh, there are a lot of topics covered in the book. Um, things like how to live well, I'm not going to list them all. How to live well, who are the experts on life transformation? Short answer was Jesus. Um, a fantastic teaching passage on Psalm 1 where it talks about how we're all being transformed either by default or design. Uh, I'm not going to talk much more about that because it's, it's gold and it's a really good thing for a, a message uh, sometime in the, in the future. Um, what is the gospel Jesus preached? How to step into the kingdom of God and live there. Experiential knowledge of the Trinity, living every moment with God, understanding the person, bringing blessing amongst a whole heap of other uh, great topics. So the, the challenge for the talk today really was to, to focus on, on something out of it all. Um, I'd like to start with this quote from John Ortberg, which was uh, where he was a number of years ago in his ministry in his church. He said, I was feeling frustrated because I wasn't, cha- I wasn't changing the way I wanted to, and in our church, folks weren't changing the way we wanted either. For a few of us elders, back from Southport for about three years, we've been going through looking at discipleship and, and how you can do discipleship well. And that was a really common testimony that we came across um, from pastors, particularly in, in big churches. Um, 
And I'd have to be honest, that was the testimony of a few of us, us elders as well. And the senior pastors that reached that point went looking for help. Who, who's been looking at discipleship? And they pretty much always ended up 70% with Dallas Willard uh, and his student Richard Foster, who've directly influenced a lot of people in this way. So for today, I just want to focus on um, three questions. Why should we want to grow? Um, I'm going to use the, the, the words off our, our vision. Our vision is to gather and grow and, and go and give. So why should we want to grow? What does a transformed, grown life look like? And how do we grow towards that? So why do we want to grow? Why, if we've, we've got our ticket into heaven, maybe life should be something, something like this. Why don't we just relax, take it easy and just wait for heaven to come? Um, now, I'm, not, I'm the first to say an afternoon nap is one of the pinnacles of God's creation. So I'm, I'm not against a bit of healthy relaxation uh, and rest. Um, I'm not talking about that. I am talking about a, a, a life of... No effort, not trying, let's just chill out and wait for Jesus to arrive. Perhaps another way of living is to follow the, the world's way. Why not just make our lives as pleasurable and comfortable um, and happy as possible? Follow the world's way, pursue the highest levels of pleasure uh, and fun and comfort as possible. Uh, that way we can have a really good time and then God will turn up, we'll go to heaven and that'll be, that'll be fantastic. Well, unfortunately, one point about that is that pursuit doesn't actually lead to, to happiness. It leads to skyrocketing amounts of antidepressant use in the United States. But why should we want to grow when we could be doing those other things? Well, God's clear in 2 Corinthians. He says, for Christ's love compels us because we are convinced that one died for all. Sorry. And he died for all that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and was raised again. As the love Jesus has for us captures our hearts and minds, then we want to go and live for him. We want to honour him. We want our lives to honour him. We want to love him. Uh, we want to bring him glory. Um, so that's, that's the why. So I've dealt with the why, just moving on now, what does a growing life look like and how do we grow towards that? So I'll be using a major section of Dallas Willard's book about the kingdom of God and how it, re how it relates to discipleship. Um, and we'll also talk about what love, what's love got to do with it. A couple of us recognised the Tina Turner song. <laughs> I wasn't going to go there, but I thought, yeah, all right. You never know what pops up in a sermon, eh? So what was the gospel Jesus proclaimed? Jesus proclaimed the good news, which is the gospel of the kingdom of God. In Luke 4.43, he said, I must proclaim the good news of the kingdom of God to the other towns also, because that is why I was sent. And there's a few other passages as well. He also said that the kingdom had arrived and it's available to us through him. He said, your father has been pleased to give you the kingdom. 
Sorry, I keep forgetting that. Your father has been pleased to give you the kingdom. He also taught the truth of what the kingdom was like. He, repeated, he repeatedly said, this is what the kingdom of God is like. Or he said something like, you've heard it said this, but I say to you. So he painted a clear picture of the true kingdom of God. And it was interesting to see people's response. Some people said, this is too hard, I don't want this, I'm going. Some people stayed and followed Jesus. Some people stayed around and attacked him because it wasn't measuring up to their idea of what God should be doing. But Jesus didn't only talk about the kingdom, he actually manifested the kingdom. So he, he lived a perfect kingdom life when he was on earth. He lived in the kingdom on earth. And Jesus wants to bring the kingdom of God into our whole being. What does Jesus teach us in his word and his life about what a transformed, grown life looks like? Because Jesus is not going to leave us in the dark on something as important as this. Something I've found helpful through the years thinking about the, the kingdom of God is to focus on the word king in kingdom because the kingdom of God is where God is truly king. In other words, it's where he reigns. It's where his, uh, his will is done. It's where his commands are obeyed. And so if we need to obey the commands, we need to know what the commands are. And the overall commands that Jesus teaches us is to love God and to love each other as I have loved you. He gave further detail of the second command. Loving God, Jesus says, how do we love God? We obey his commands. Jesus says, whoever has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. The, command, the overall command to obey is to love each other as Jesus has loved us. And so that means our life is to be radically generous, have sacrificial giving of oneself to bless others. We've also given plenty of other descriptors of, of the kingdom life uh, in several passages through the Bible. We won't go through all the passages. Um, but in, in addition to being radically generous and sacrificially giving to, to bless others, uh, we're to have love and joy and peace and patience, goodness, gentleness, kindness, faithfulness. Uh, perseverance, self-control, uh, compassion. Um, and one thing I, I just felt God just speak to me just before the service was to emphasise this, this is not the hard, onerous way. The miserable way is the world's way. This is a way that leads to true joy, true peace. Um, this is the way that, uh, that we, we end up at that spot. The question then is, how do we get there? Um, remember Jesus said, my burden is easy. Uh, sorry, my yoke is easy. Uh, my burden uh, is light. Uh, so in what way is, is the burden easy? Um, sorry, the burden light, the yoke easy to get to this growing life that honours God. Uh, Willard would point out a key point is grace. So grace means undeserved blessing, undeserved favour. Uh, Ephesians 2 says, But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ, even when we were dead in our transgressions. 
It is by grace, by undeserved blessing, you have been saved. So we're not earning a spot in the kingdom, but we're learning how to live well in the kingdom to bring glory to God. Another great quote in the book uh, by Willard is where he says, discipleship isn't complicated, it is all laid out. We simply have to start with the beginning, which is Christ's authority over everything in heaven and in earth. And I love the way that matches exactly with what Maren's passage was early, earlier. Um, in his great... Um, in the Great Commission, the great passage of the Great Commission, Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. And he reminds us that he's with us to the end of the age. So for Dallas Willard, when he recognises Jesus has all the authority and knowledge, the question is not, let's figure out how to grow, let's figure out how to do discipleship. But the question becomes, what does Jesus teach us through his word and his life about how, our, how to grow our lives to best live in the kingdom? It's a subtle difference, but, but it's important. And the people that have lived and studied and, and grown around discipleship have all recognised that Jesus has shown us how and supplied everything we need to enable us to live the kingdom life. So to become a grown, mature disciple. Of course, we're never going to be perfect this side of heaven, um, but we can work towards growing more to be like Jesus. So Jesus has given us his spirit, the presence and power of the Holy Spirit in us. He's also given us his truth through his word, and he's also given us his practices in his life. His life modelled us practices like prayer and solitude and celebration and meeting together and a lot of other practices. And he's also given us the gift of each other, uh, his people. Uh, I love a, there's a passage in Corinthians where Paul talks about God bringing us comfort by bringing us the coming of Titus. So he's saying that God brought comfort through Titus to, to me. Um, so we can bring God's graces to each other. A bit of wisdom from Dallas Willard was that um, to remember that the practices aren't the end goal. They're, they're a means to reach the end goal. The problem is if you make the practices the main measure, so if you count how many times am I going to church, how many times am I praying, if that's the main measure, you can't distinguish Pharisees from faithful servants. And in fact, it may be that the Pharisees end up coming out on top if that is all you measure. So we need, to, we need to keep in mind the practices are a means to the goal of, of becoming a, a, a Christ-like uh, kingdom life. So my yoke is easy, my burden is light. I think um, we can remember the outcome doesn't depend on us. Jesus is building his church. We're invited to join him. Um, but he, his will will be done in the world. We're also not earning our spot in the kingdom. Jesus has given, what, given us what we need and shown us the way. We just have to step into it. And he's with us with the presence and power of the Holy Spirit. And just what God was prompting me about before, the other reason is this is the light way. This is the way of joy and peace. The way of the world leads to heartbreak and misery. This is the way that leads to, to joy and peace.
So how does this work practically? Um, so just a really good testimony. Uh, I don't know if you know Di Stratton. Uh, she's a, a lady that has been coming to church for, for quite a while. Uh, she came to church a couple of weeks ago and listened to Steve's uh, message, uh, which was uh, giving us truth about a full understanding of evangelism. Uh, so Di came to church, which is a practice of gathering. She listened to Steve, who is a people of God, um, and Steve brought uh, God's truth. The Spirit worked through that. She prayed and reflected what her response to that should be. She then used her crochet skills to go and crochet a whole heap of beautiful blankets. Uh, she spent hours doing this. She could have been doing something else for her own pleasure and comfort, but she spent hours doing this and produced these crocheted blankets, which she's taking down to the women's shelters. Um, and you may not be able to read that, but there's a sticker she's got on the back, Rugs Against Violence, Made with Love, Burley Heads, Church of Christ. Um, and for Di, that's not just a token act, that's a reflection of, of her life. Um, so that's just a fantastic example. The other good thing, while she was showing me this, my daughter Josie was with me, um, who loves sewing and, and knitting and things. And so as Di was telling me about this, she's doing some mini discipling at the same time uh, because Josie was looking at it and was very encouraged that she could use her, her gifts like that. Um, so just to show this does, the, the components with Di's testimony there, regularly meeting with other Christians is, is a practice that Jesus teaches us and models for us and it's meeting with his people. Steve gave a faithful message of God's truth. Di prayed, prayed and reflected into truth and that's also a practice that Jesus did and all that occurred with the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit working through those things. We call this in our vision, gathering and, and growing. And then the last part is going and giving blessing to others. And Di went out and blessed the, the women down uh, in the, the women's shelter. So she was loving God by obeying his command to love others as he loved us. The other bit of testimony would be myself as I was preparing for this message when I was reading God's truth in the, the 2 Corinthians 5 <coughs> for Christ's love compels us um, I felt God just sort of tap me on the shoulder and say so John how are you going with that how compelled are you by Jesus love um, and and so I, I, um, I reflected on that and after a busy Christmas season and busy holidays I wasn't as compelled by Jesus' love um, as, as I wanted to be. Um, so I prayed and reflected. <clears throat> I started doing a devotional on God's word about God and his nature and his attributes. I also caught up with a friend and a mentor who um, just gave me some gentle advice about how much time are you spending with God, just sitting with God in solitude and silence um, and that was a really good reminder to me um, from my friend and mentor about the importance of just spending time together. Um, so that was again God's truth working, the spirit prompting me, prayer, reflection, devotional practices uh, and God's people coming together um, to lead to grow.
So just going back over this, why should we want to grow? Because we're compelled by a deep personal understanding of the love Jesus has for us. We want to live for him, love him, and bring him glory. What does a grown life look like? It looks like a true kingdom life, an obedient life where we love others as Jesus loved us. And how do we grow towards this? We allow Jesus to be king of the process. As Marin said, we submit to him. We look to his truth and his life practices with his people in the presence and power of his spirit. Now the final chapter um, on Willard's book is about giving blessings to others. So I'm, I'm just simply going to end the message with a, with a blessing from Numbers 6, 24 to 26, and then we'll have the, the worship team uh, come up. So Numbers 6, 24 to 26. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. In Jesus' name, amen.